We'd like to thank Montecito Bank and Trust for their generous support in making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to another episode of Scam Squad. We've got Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson with us again. So, Vicki, what do you have for us today? Hi, Patty. Well, I have a guest today who's got quite a harrowing story to tell us, and her name is Cindy, and let me tell you how she found me. I uh, got an email from Karen Kozak, who we've had on the show before. As you recall, Karen works for the Santa Barbara Sheriff's Department, and she gets a lot of the walk-ins and the phone calls from victims of, of scams. So she sent me information about Cindy. Cindy had presented her with an Gmail, I guess, explaining what had happened. And I called Cindy and I asked her if she would be willing to come on the show and share her experience because I think it demonstrates how sophisticated this particular scam, the social security scam, has become to our listeners. So Cindy, I want to welcome you to the show. Thank you for agreeing to talk to us. And I understand that this whole thing started with a phone call. So when did this phone call come in? The day was May 10th, and the phone call came in, that was a Friday, at 11 a.m. Okay. Who was on the phone? He said his name was Travis Scott, and he was an investigator with the Social Security Administration. Then the next thing he said was that my social security number was being used for drug trafficking and money laundering, and $1.6 million were involved. Oh uh, he said there was an arrest warrant issued for me and agents ready to come and execute it. So I immediately got completely frightened and intimidated. I think my brain stopped working. Of course. That's pretty scary information to get, that somebody's ready to come and arrest you. And also the fact that somebody was using your social security number for criminal activity. So what happened next? The first thing he did was connect me to two other supposedly investigators, one who was supposed to be from the Social Security Administration and one who was supposedly from the Goleta Police Department. And they both confirmed what Travis told me and said also to cooperate. Uh, Travis gave me badge numbers for all three of these men. So he said I had to cooperate completely with what he was asking me. If I did, he would be able to clear everything up very quickly. The main thing he needed me to do was to stay on the phone. He said if I hung up, at any time, he would have to assume that I was communicating with the perpetrators and I was guilty. Oh, my goodness. As I recall, one of the phone numbers where one of the supposed investigators called you from actually matched the real phone number for the Goleta Police Department. Is that correct? That's correct. And that was one of the details that kind of convinced me. He told me to look up the number of the Goleta Police Department on my computer. And then once I had that number, he just connected me to someone supposedly who was there. And yes, it was the same number. Wow. And that's what appeared on your phone. Mm-hmm. Right. Very believable. So what did he want you to do while he was keeping you on the line? First of all, I have to say that Friday, he kept me on the phone from 11 in the morning till 8 p.m. that night. 
And then the following day, he called at 8 a.m. And I had to stay on the phone until noon. So it was exhausting. So anyway, what he wanted me to do or what he said we needed to do to secure all my assets, my financial assets, um, we had to do this because if we didn't, the money would be lost to, I guess, either the criminals who had my social security number or else the government who was going to seize all my assets. He was going to issue me a new social security number. And after that was activated, the government would seize all the assets that weren't secured, which King about it makes no sense. But I don't think I was really thinking. He told me to withdraw in cash all of the money from both my savings and my checking accounts. I just had one savings and one checking. So I went to the bank and I did that. And with that money, he wanted me to buy gift cards. The money from the gift cards was going to be deposited in a secure government account. He even said it was at the Bank of America in Washington, D.C. For that account, he had an account number, routing number, and a wire transfer number. After my new Social Security number was activated, I would be able to redeposit all those funds back into my bank in new accounts. It was $11,000. That's very sophisticated. So to get all that cash into gift cards, I ended up buying 12 different gift cards because there were limits to how much you could get. So I was at Target twice, I was at Best Buy twice, and I was at the Apple Store. Just one note, the first time I went to Target, he told me to get five cards for $1,000 each, and the cashier did that. When I went back later on in the afternoon to get some more, found out that he should not have done that. They were only allowed to give out gift cards in the amount of $100. He told me to lie to whoever I bought these cards from about my reasons for buying the cards. He basically wanted me to say it was for family, big anniversary party, or my kid's graduation, things like that. So, Cindy, I have to ask you at this point, did anybody from Target, Best Buy, or Apple, any of the clerks that you worked with when you purchased these cards, did any of them ask you this question? What are you using these gift cards for? Yes, they asked me that several places, not every time. I had to look at the little phone screen. It was a warning about phone scams, and I had to press a button that I was buying it for family. Yes, that's what I had to do for several places. and. I was tempted to put a stop to it, to answer yes, but I was so afraid to not follow his instructions that I just said, no, no, no scam here. And so they did try to run interference, but I'm assuming that the crook was on the phone with you while this was going on. Right. He did tell me to just have the phone in my pocket and not talk to him while I was in the store or nearby anybody. Didn't they? He just covered everything that could have possibly helped you. Very distressing. It it sure seemed like that. And during the whole 13 hours on the phone, he continued to make dire threats about, you know, terrible consequences if I didn't keep complying. I did have a few questions that came up and he had pat answers for everything. Throughout the ordeal, he kept giving me details, I think, to legitimatize the whole thing. Mm -hmm. He said several things. He asked me if I'd ever given out my social security number to anyone. 
he gave me the name supposedly of a man they had arrested and he asked me if I knew him told me that during this whole time we were on hold most of the time but he was very busy with his team they were investigating they were doing paperwork and they were getting my new social security number ready and that's what kept me kind of in there sure. the other thing he said was he going to come to see me personally after it was all settled with the paperwork this is very very sophisticated they just were covering all of their bases i mean to keep you on the phone for that long and have all of these details that they were using to sort of solidify their position and uh, the truth of what they were telling you that's genius actually well these guys are professionals so some point in time were you able to get off the phone with this guy and get some other information about what might be going on yes he let me off the phone at 8 p.m. that friday but i still was too afraid he said he'd be monitoring my phone so then i was on the phone again saturday from 8 to noon and then he again said i could go at that point i realized there was a house phone as well so i used that house phone and i called my son i started to tell him about it i i got a few words out of my mouth and immediately said it was a scam wow it was basically too late he'd already gotten $11,000 oh i'm so sorry that that happened to you i'm just so makes me sick it's awful it was a nightmare while it was going on and i'm still kind of feel that way because i just keep being horrified at myself that i could have been taken in like that i i guess i'm trying to look at it as a large life lesson but i just wish it it didn't have to be so expensive you know i was just going to say as vicky said they're so sophisticated they had so many people in on this and so many details and phone numbers You know, we just didn't grow up in an era where we had to be so suspicious all the time. So, I'm sad that it happened, but try not to be too hard on yourself. Really, it could have happened to anyone. And it does. Well, it does. Yeah. Well, yeah. that really helps to hear someone say that I'm not the only one. Well, you know, if it yeah. makes you feel any better, it happened to a UCSB student, and they're certainly smart. They strung her along too, and she gave them some of her grant money. So you are not alone by a long shot. That's why they keep running this scam because so many people have fallen for it and people here in Santa Barbara in our county. I get phone calls about this scam every single week. So, they are running oh a big operation. So again, like Patty said, please don't beat yourself up too much about this. Now, I have to ask you, did this person ever call you back, Cindy? Oh, yes. He called me back on Monday, the following Monday at 8:00 in the morning. I told him I knew it was a scam and I wasn't going to speak to him anymore. So, I hung up. And then that following Monday, he called me about five more times. Gee. And it was always different states and different telephone numbers. At that point, I kind of realized that that's what those phone calls were and I didn't answer. And over that week, I continued to get a few more of those calls. They are persistent. Once they think <laughs> they've got somebody on the line, they're going to try and drain them of every dollar that they have and Cindy, I'm so happy that they didn't get your other account. I mean, that's very important that you found out in time. And there are some real red flags here that I'd like to point out to people that are listening. First of all, 
Social Security office is not going to call you and threaten to arrest you. That is simply not going to happen. So that is one of the first red flags. Secondly, they're not okay. going to keep you on the phone forever. They are never going to tell you to go get gift cards. If anybody ever tells you you need to pay this by gift card, that is the biggest red flag. This is a scam. And also telling you to lie to the clerks about why you needed the money. Huge red flags. I'm really so thankful that you were willing to come on the show and share this with our listeners because I have a feeling that this is going to save other people from getting taken in by these folks. So thank you, Cindy, so thank much. Thank you, Cindy. That's really so very, very wonderful of you to do that. And I know it will help others as well. That's my hope that someone out there will hear and not make the same mistake. And that's the best we can do. We have to educate the public in every way that we can. And you have really helped us do that. So thank you so much for being on the show. You know, it's interesting. I was just reading the Baker Fraud Report, which I get on a regular basis. And in that report, it talks about different arrests that do happen all over the world. Because if we give this information to the FBI, they will put it in their database, which can be accessed by all law enforcement, and they will work with agencies in other countries because we know most of these phone calls originate in other countries. And I was just reading today about an arrest, I think, in India, where many people were taken into custody that were running the romance scam, which we have talked about. So yes, they can actually catch up with these people, and they can actually arrest them, investigate, and sometimes even get money back. So there's some good news. It's worthwhile reporting this kind of scam to the FBI. That is good news. Yeah. Yes, it is. And I interrupted you. Did you have something else that you wanted to say, Cindy? I would really like to say thank you to you and Vicki. You just have been a tremendous help to me. Understanding and support made a really big difference to me. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for your bravery sharing and your generosity wanting to help others. Really appreciate it. Oh, yes. You're so welcome. Thank you, too. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. You did great. Bye-bye. Bye.